So Captain come on. Oh, I'm sorry. It's <laughs> a month thing still in my head. <laughs> Never get that song out of your head. <laughs> nah. Get up, get up. <laughs> so we appreciate Boy. you guys for being here. Hey, what's wrong? You're looking, looking at oh, your shirt. Oh yeah. yeah. It's not it's not blending well. It's not yeah. <laughs> it's going against the green screen. <laughs> There you go. Interesting. Okay. <laughs> okay. We got passed in the building, and as always on Thursdays, we got Mr. Thomas Cotton, uh, soon to be Dr. Thomas Cotton. Uh, so we appreciate you guys for, for being here again. Um, we're going to dig into this conversation because it's it's going to be good. It's going to be good, as always. Because um, I, I got questions. I got questions. Uh, so... Today we're talking about creating a from creating a pipeline from childhood to wholeness and prosperity, creating a pipeline, you know, and I use that because they have the school to prison pipeline. Um, it's kind of changing it a, a little bit, just, just a little bit, just a little bit, make it think a little differently. Because um, I think a lot of times we sit in a negative space because we only see certain things associated, you know. Uh, the school to prison pipeline, you know, like how can we, it's, it's, it, we're stuck there and it becomes harder to create a solution because you feel like the problem is this big, but if we deal with it in bite size, we can actually change something. Um, so that that's basically where I got that from. Also, um, the, the thought process of the working together is funny. I put a post up, I said, we do work together and I hashtag it, um, challenge me, you know, or prove me wrong, prove me wrong. Cause we do work together. Now you never get a hundred percent of anything, you know, they're, they're always going to be dissenters, you know, those that don't agree, no matter how clear your plan is, how dope the vision is, you get 10 people, eight of them will be with it. Two of them would just be haters, <laughs> you know? So, it's all about vision. It's all about what you see. All right. So getting into this, um, well, that's so complicated, <laughs> a lot of complexity. Yes, indeed. Always complicated and complex. <laughs> so we're talking about, again, um, changing the trajectory of a lot of our children in various neighborhoods, um, because it's not always the impoverished that go through a struggle because it could be those that are either, even in the middle class state, that don't have access to the to the best information, or don't know how to move out of the cycle that their family went through. Um, so today we're going to just kind of talk about um, some of the. I'm saying it different because I keep saying it, trying to get it right. I don't know why I'm struggling with it. The social determinants of of health, the things that help you become a more productive citizen, you know, help you work in a community and build a greater village. Um, what's up, Jeff? Good morning. Good morning. And without getting too deep and complex with it, <laughs> we're going to just talk about how to help our uh, neighborhoods become better. And I'm talking long. So <laughs> I'm going to stop there. Um, so I'm going to talk to, to, uh, to Thomas because um, we talked prior to and what are some of the things 
that affect children that we don't think about. And like I said, you mentioned it. Um, and in, you know, people that are in the impoverished, you know, state or just the, I don't like to say struggle, but it is what it is. Um, struggling financially or struggling in an area. Um, what are the things that affect children that we don't consider? Yeah. So, you know, when we were talking, I, I brought up the social determinants of health, but let me say this. A lot of times when kids are in poverty, they don't realize they're in poverty. They realize this is being normal. And so things are a lot, a lot of things are normalized around us. And so, um, so there's risky behavior and there's risky, you know, things taking place that kids are unaware of. A lot of times parents are unaware of because they were raised in the same environment. And so things are normalized to the point where we think this is the best that can happen for us. Um, it's not that anybody wants to be in a bad situation. I've asked over 10,000 people, do you want to be in a bad situation? And every single one of them says no. Right. I asked the same people, do you want your life to be better? And every single one of them said yes. So, um, so I came up with the phrase some years ago that the desire for a better life is in all of us, but sometimes the way we go about getting there has caused most of our problems. There's a caveat to that, though. And that caveat is what was the environment that we were raised in? You know, what type of social determinants of health were missing for or, or lacking within our community? And so if you don't know what social determinants of health is, it's our economic stability. It's our neighborhood and physical environment. It's education, food, community and social context and the healthcare system. And, you know, recently I've, I've went back to school and I'm getting into a lot of this work of research and, and other things that is adding back to the work that I've been doing for over 25 years. And, you know, one of the key elements that I've recognized, just a very simple thing that can, to, that can lead a, a kid from, from childhood to prison is oral health, you know, and that's literally your mouth health, your oral health. Do you get proper oral health care? Right. And a lot of times kids who miss out on proper oral health care end up missing school because of teeth hurting. And, and even if they go to school and they have, you know, mouth trauma is what I call it. Um, that mouth trauma keeps them from being focused. And that focus is now challenged in a way where, um, you know, they, they're not really paying attention in school. Right. And statistically, if a child is not reading by their level at, by the third grade, chances of them graduating on time go significantly down. Um, now, a lot of people don't like to say, well, that's the school to prison pipeline that you're not reading at third grade level that they're going to start building prisons. But it is an indicator that you're not going to graduate. Right. And that graduation level is the reason why they start building the prisons. And so um, they start using scores and testing and they have all the statistics out there to find, you know, what is going to happen in the future and what's the state of our union when it comes to incarceration years down the line. Right. And so they have to have beds for the people that they feel like later on is going to, they're going to be in the you know, justice system. And so, right. um, so there's a lot of different ways that we can start to look at preventing these, you know, these pipelines to prison, right. these pipelines to poverty, these pipelines to, um, you know, low income employment, to lack of economic stability, to, you know, 
not owning homes. We can start to prevent that early on. We often say that, oh, I wish I would have learned these things in school, like investing, um, finances, and, and other things. But we don't teach them. We don't have enough organizations and people out there teaching our children about how to excel in the environment they come from. Because right. there's such there's such a, a need just to get the basics, yeah. you know, stability within, you know, those social determinants of health, just the basic stability. I just right. need to eat today. I'm not really worried about all that you're talking about. Right. How am I going to eat? And, you know, school, school systems try to do good with, you know, free lunches and everything else, but that's still not enough, especially right. if, if there's other issues within the schools that are causing problems within our children. And I'll say this and I'll, I'll hush and we can all have a conversation. But basically, you know, I, I've taught, I've been to many high schools. Right. And the ones that are predominantly African-American are significantly lacking. The teacher's morale is so far down that they, they're just like the kids almost. They don't care. They're cussing. They're doing other things. I mean, I, I sit there. I sat there in one high school and just watched stood right. in the hallway and just watched kids bounce off the hall, the hallway walls, literally. And it was mostly the girls loud. Just, you know, it was it was, it was wild and just sat there and then watch the teachers just walk by and how they responded to these situations. Right. I mean, that right there um, puts our kids at a disadvantage in the first place. And so we. We have to do something a little bit better, a lot better, to be able to help overcome some of the these systemic and structural barriers that are that we face. Okay, sorry, had an issue. Um, so with that though, what what can we do? Like, um, shout out to Henry County, the school they actually just started an initiative to help with financial literacy, so they're at least starting to address it. Um. But when it comes to what can we do as each individual, you know, to begin to contribute to this change, if that makes sense, like, what can we do to help the neighborhoods that need it, or even help our neighbors that need it, you know, as far as the, the financial literacy or just to kind of change, change our mindset. And I know you, you have programs that help kind of change you know the way we think how do we how do we get these kind of programs in the hands of those that need it yeah and i i'm gonna go simple with this there's a lot of organizations out there doing work i'm right. not saying no one's out there doing right. work 100 they're but just a lot of times that, underfunded yeah. yeah these organizations need funding they need to be able to be supported they need people who can believe in their mission right. and vision to make change and transformation. What we have to quit doing is, is, is disregarding the smaller organizations that are wow. grassroots that are yeah. doing big, you know, major things. A lot of times what we, we focus in on are the larger organizations that give us the feel good stories and they're doing great work also, but they're seriously funded. And the funding that they receive is is great. They do great work, but we have to start to balance that out, especially with organizations that are near and dear to our heart. If you ever said, you know, oh, that girl, that little girl needs to learn how to dress better. Or, you know, that kid needs to pull up his pants. Then right. you need to find organizations that are helping kids 
mm. understand why they need to pull their pants up or <clears throat> that young lady understanding why she has to have standards and and what that's going to do for a community what that's going to do for her if wow. you say that we need better education kind of like what i just said in our high school system we need better education well, what am i doing about it it's empowering other people and other organizations um to to be able to go in and make a difference it's partnering with other organizations i i partnered with uh um the yeah, gifted um um, a, a organization called uh, Gifted and went, went into high schools and taught my curriculum and taught their curriculum. I didn't care who gets the glory. Something needs to be done. Right. And and so when we say something needs to be done, we need to say, hey, if I can't get myself into a school or if I cannot get into a prison or if I cannot help people coming out of prison, what can I do to support the organizations that are doing that? Right. And let me find them. Let me vet right. them. Let me talk to them. So now I can understand their mission, their vision clearer, and I can confidently support them and not only support them, be a champion for these organizations and right. start to speak on their behalf. Yeah. So you're yeah. echoing my sentiment because that's exactly how I feel, man. Sometimes we waste our resources trying to do, trying to do something where, uh, it feels like we're reinventing the wheel right. when you can take your resources, combine them with someone else and be more effective. Right. Mm -hmm. the, the deeper problem, I think, and you correct me if I'm wrong here, Thomas, because you, you speak uh, effective on, on this stuff. When it comes to public school funding, <clears throat> the inner city is underserved, has been. He's paused. <laughs> go ahead. You're I thought he's taking a, a I, long pause right, right there. So yeah, he's, he's probably, look, uh, okay. that looks like, like a dopamine nod. Wait, wait, what? <laughs> what? I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I was there. Pause with that look, though. Oh, sorry about that. <laughs> only because, because sometimes it hits home, man. But uh, yeah, the reality is. I did not know how dependent public school systems were on uh -oh. property taxes. It's, okay, so public schools and how oh, they I did the not realize taxes. public schools were so dependent on property mean. taxes. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right. And so when you think about the inner city, okay. you got a lot of people paying rent. Who's paying the property taxes? What, because no matter how you look at it, whether you are a rental, a, a, a renting okay. person, someone has okay. to pay property taxes on the house. So if every property in the inner city owes taxes, whether you're the renter or the owner, the taxes still have to be paid. So how are they so underserved? So I don't know why they're so underserved because they're not underfunded either. That's the, the key thing. Um, there's a school in uh, South Atlanta that middle school that we used to go serve and the staff would i would talk to administrative staff and they were saying we're fully funded we have funding but there's just so many different places we have to put our funding we have to they had metal detectors they had different other things that weren't in other schools they had you know certain other staff that they need to have um and special needs and and everything else um, so they consider themselves fully funded, but the difference is when you have 
these well-to-do communities, the tax rates are paid at a higher level. They have more funding. And so they can build on to what they have. Their budgets are a little bit different. And so how you budget that money makes a difference. And then the quality. I mean, you know, we all know that you put a metal detector in in a school, the quality of that school is not really that good. Um, even though we know that there needs to be metal detectors in other higher quality schools because of the shootings and where they take place. Um, we just, you know, there's just this imbalance of, of systemic and structural barriers. Um, I can't, it'll take a long time, a whole other conversation to just break down schools and, and, but we know, look at the community that, that a lot of these individuals are coming from and we don't serve those communities well. Those communities are falling behind. And if they start to look good, it's because of gentrification. And mm. so now there's this disconnect of, you know, from gentrified communities. You know what I would love? Just to be able to see the people who live in these communities benefit from gentrification. Like gentr- It's not a terrible word. No. It's just the people who benefit from gentrified community are not the ones who built that community or stabilized right. that community or been in that community forever. They're the ones getting bought out for cheap right. and and moved to different counties, Clayton County and other counties, right. um, while someone else gets to come in and, you know, benefit from the the transformation. Look at Old Fourth Ward. You know, it's it's those houses are expensive now. Right. But, you know, right. not long ago, you know, Old Fourth Ward was you know, old fourth ward, basically, you know, <laughs> right, right. but um, it's fair to say that you're, you're still yeah. going back to political positioning, you know, oh, you have to the right people in office. So that's right. a whole nother conversation. Well, okay. Let me, so go ahead, Eddie. And, and break it down. Then why, why is it political positioning and not just economics? And what I mean by that is, you know, yeah, but it is economics. But the reality is the federal government doesn't play a, a major role. It's local government. Right. It's the right. city and local government. So right. your local officials are making these decisions. It's okay. just that simple. Well, let me let me throw something out there. Right. It's I don't think it's that simple. Mm. Atlanta's had a black mayor for decades. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, right. they've had council members and everything right in the community. Right. Yeah. Um, I don't think the political system is the answer because politics have never been for us. Right. That's but been, is the mayor response? Does, does the mayor make the final decision on funding? For no. Every, right. No, but I, that's what I'm saying. There's, there's this political idea that they do though. Right. There, there's these ideas that we have that, Yes, if we can just correct the political system, but we know there's corruption within politics. Right. We know that when let's just go to the higher level of federal government. When has this government ever been for us? Right. right? It, there's never been a time where they can just say, oh, my bad. Right. Let's let's change this because we see that we allowed crack and then we have these war on drugs and everything right. else. Let, we made a mistake. We we own that. Sorry. Let's make reparations for that. Right. Right. There's not a time where we're going to see that where we have to begin to make a difference, I think, is grassroots. It's us. It is. It, you know, we, we talk about buy black. Right. And so I'm just using blacks as as an example, buy black. But the reality is 
you know, there's not going to be that economic engine unless we come together and we really start to see what what it means to do these things as a people. Uh, you know, we could bring up other um, groups of people who do different things, live in houses together, and and they they struggle together to build bigger opportunities, right? Right. And and so in this country, there are many opportunities. It's just where our focus is, is not those opportunities, it's not building, it's not the struggle anymore. You know, back in the, in, the, in the civil rights era, there was a lot of struggling together. There was a lot of, you know, sacrifice for others. There's not a lot of sacrifice for others. It's like, I'm going to get mine, um, you know, and, and a lot of times I think that's what we have to get to. Now, political systems, I think, would be a really good um, – <laughs> I think political systems can change. Right. We just have to change the way political systems are. So we have senators that are sitting senators for, you know, decades upon decades. Right. And you don't see any change that happens. Well, they 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 really made the rules for themselves. Yeah. Like literally they can sit for however long they want, as long as they keep getting voted in, but they just have a system of getting the votes. You know, the right. incumbent always has that upper hand. And so it's a challenge. And when we're looking at kids and we're looking at these pipelines to prison and we see that America is the, the most incarcerated country in the world, like we we lead incarceration. Right. We have four percent of women in the world, but 30 percent of the incarcerated women. Right. You know, it's like, how does that happen? Right. And and so it's because we have these systems that are in place that have been in place. And a lot of times the way our social determinants health are set up, it just mm -hmm. kind of feeds us right back into those issues and those situations. Right. But I, I'm not totally disagreeing with you, Pastor. I just think that there are different ways other than thinking about the political side of things, because politics, right. when you play politics, it really it really is a hard thing. So one, a lot of organizations are attacking that political space, attacking policy, attacking these things. And those are the organizations you need to get behind because they are trying to make a difference in that space. And then, you know, but you have to, you can't say it's either or it's both. And we well, have absolutely. to go two different, you know, we can't, always keep saying either or and i think that's what we get yes. caught up in i either have to do this or i yes. have to do that no, yes. it's both and and this and that and right. this and that definitely and that, that's kind of my point i think you know from a political uh perspective that's that's one area right of mm -hmm. focus right. you use the example of oral hygiene when you opened right. up you talked about you know a child with a toothache doesn't want to be in school. And if they are, they're not going to be focused. They don't do well in class and all of those types of things. So how do you combat that? You know, there was a time where they would bring the dentist to the school, the but right. the big bus yeah. would pull yeah. up and yeah. you get your teeth clean. And if anything was going on, you know, they would help you set an appointment with an actual dentist to get a procedure right. done or whatever the case might be that disappeared. Yeah. Right. For years, it came yeah. back in like the early two thousands, but I have not seen that at all. Right in the last 15 years. Right. So it's programs like that. Like where the funding go for that program? Right. Okay. I, and I forgot all about that until you, brought I you, know, until you said that, it. that type of I thing needs to happen. Like where the bus spends a week at, but there has to be a bunch of buses. 
because there's a right. bunch of schools and a bunch of kids and you know needed opportunities and right. and i think that would be such a great thing to do you know getting dentists on board and and being able to address the oral health and then while they're getting their oral health addressed finding out what other needs need to be addressed and having other resources and, and support there right. but you know something as simple as being taught how to go to college or being taught how to as uh, me and ad were talking how to start a nonprofit, right. how to be a grant writer how to right. do certain other things being taught the pathway there is important but a lot of times our kids you know it's hard to break into their world these days because their worlds are are totally different from ours not saying ours were better but you know we can always go back and say man when i was growing up but this is a whole different world than when we were growing up and so being able to connect with with children and being able to show them a pathway to success um you know if, if we can't put it in a video game sometimes it's hard to to get it yeah. there so. You know what? It's it's funny that you say that. I, and I'm sitting there like, man, we just need to go back to encouraging our cartoons and creators. Just what was it like? 15 seconds, 30 seconds. Mm -hmm. um, thanks for helping me. Knowing knowing is half the battle. <laughs> like, you know, like, we all remember that, right? All the lessons, all of those lessons, you know, um, I'm just a bill on Capitol Hill. Like it was like 30 seconds. Just Ooh, how's little snippets. Of education, just small little, and it wasn't, you know, it didn't dominate the whole cartoon, just right at the end, you know. And they took the character, it was like G.I. Joe, they took the characters, put them in these situations, you know, make sure you're making the right decisions, you know, <laughs> just small little snippets of stuff, I think, can make a difference. And and a lot of these cartoons can get back to that. It's just right at the end, just a little, just a little positive snippet, you know, after whatever crazy show you just had, you know. I don't know. And I and I think it's the small things that we can encourage, you know, and that's outside the political spectrum, you know, or, or maybe it's inside. Maybe the, the policies need to be if you have a FCC approved show, you have to allocate 30 seconds, you know, to a positive message. It's, it's required at the end of the show, the beginning of the show, in the middle of the show, you know, because they have that on on station. They got to have like a emergency warning or they have to have you know certain things are required and i think it make and it made a difference like all of us remember those things <laughs> you know oh so I, so i think just those movements can make a difference and even you know now that we have access to like tiktok we have access you know we just got to find a way to get on this, the same feed <laughs> as as a 16 year old you know you got to just whatever it is in the algorithm space to get in, you know, to be able to get their attention 30 seconds. Um, so I, I think that, you know, we have, and honestly, so with the change, I think we have more access. You feel what I'm saying? Like back in the day, it was harder as for our parents to really get a message in front of us because they couldn't, they weren't going to be, have a rap video. <laughs> they weren't going to be on your MTV raps. <laughs> you know, like, so it's, it's just like, at least now, social the social uh, media, we can we have an opportunity to get in front of them, you know, with an ad or something. That's all. That's a good. Do you think that parents had more access when you were a child compared to the level of access they have today? What you mean? You said uh, back then, you know, you, you couldn't really get in front of the in children. front of us, they right? Had, 
but but I think that we had less, we had fewer distractions. We had fewer distractions, indeed. So, indeed. and we had more face-to-face -face interaction because yeah. you didn't have a cell phone. You didn't have a smart device. Right. So they could talk to you to your face. Right. <laughs> right. 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 Nowadays, you spend more time communicating electronically than you do yeah. physically, face-to-face. -face. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I think that it's tougher now. Mm. And and when you consider the the algorithms, I'm not saying it's impossible. I'm just saying no, no, that no, it's, it's it's more challenging. It more takes challenging. a lot more creativity simply right. because you don't control the algorithms on TikTok. True, true, true. Right? You know, one of the things that we can say is our kids are a little bit more intelligent than we give them credit for. Yeah. I mean, they're they may be more distracted, but they're very intelligent. Um, and I think if we can catch the generation, um, you know, young college students, younger uh, kids who have big dreams of being able to do things and, and direct them to a place where they can understand their power, right. like they understand the algorithms, they understand, the, you know, or helping them to understand the algorithms if, if they don't, right. to help them to grow in that space, because I believe the children are our future. I'm just kidding, but um, <laughs> I do well. believe, I do <laughs> believe that that um, that we need to teach them, show them, and be. Right. You know, we need to be there for them. And a right. lot of times, you know, there's there's a lot of challenges within that they face, and there's no one there for them. And the ones that are there for them probably aren't leading them in the right ways, and so. Where do we find those spaces where we can be there for that next generation? Because it's like a uh, if you're starting a high school, you don't start it with all four grades. You grow it from you know starting a grade to a next grade to the next right. grade, and you just right. keep filling it that way. Right. And that's where your success comes from. Well, we're not going to change what is now with the the people who are here today. Probably, we probably have to start to build the next generation, which is going to feed into the next generation, which then can we can see a bigger change, um, you know, down the line, but we have to sacrifice a little bit for, for that, those generations, we can't be still out here just getting it on our own. And right. I, I need to get bigger and better and get your money and, um, and all those things. We have to be able to balance that. We can, right. we got to be able to get what we're getting, but we also have to balance it by giving. Hmm. Indeed. What's up, Kaneem? Good morning, sir. Good morning. Good morning. Just to piggyback off what Thomas was saying, I believe the next generation will see Donald Trump go to jail. So it, <laughs> it, 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 should, it should be noted. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm just saying, the next generation can see that. There you go. Well, there I mean, you go. That, 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 that should be one of the things that history should record. For our next generation, you know what I'm saying? Okay. That is very educational, man. Don't sleep on that. You know what I'm saying? So I, I, I'm, I'm right there with Thomas. I'm gonna piggyback on that. Um, I don't think that's what he was saying, but I wanted to add to it. I know what he was saying. I'm just adding what he was saying. <laughs> yeah. Um. I got you. I got you, Kaneem. I got you. But um. They're afraid to send Donald Trump to, to prison because they know that if they send him to prison, a lot of other people are going to have to go too. Oh yeah, right. oh yeah, send them all, send them all. <laughs> well, you both, know, on both sides of the aisle, right. you just got to be. He's honest about his taxes, and the reality is, he plays the tax rules like a 
a flute. He mastered violin. He's not doing anything wrong there, and right. people just will be mad if they see his taxes because you know he's there's a there's tax code. He's yeah. hitting every tax code, right. and don't have to pay taxes. Trust me, I understand what that looks like when you can depreciate property, wow. and look back and it's like I made all this money, but I could depreciate all this property, and literally look like I didn't make any money and get a tax credit for next year. Yep. Like, man, that's crazy. So a lot of times we just got to, you know, educate ourselves. I didn't know about tax codes, um, you know, and I'll just share a lot of the things that I learned from tax taxes back in the early 2000s still play well for me today. When I was investing in real estate, I was able to depreciate property to the point where I had a $34,000 credit the next year. So my first $34,000 in, in taxes the next year was tax-free. And, mm-hmm. and so a lot of times people don't understand that like how you do things and learn, you know, they got to, they're playing this, these, just, let me just say this, everything that we can complain about what they do, we have access to. Right. We just don't have the understanding. Right. Right. So if we start to empower our kids to understand these things and take advantage of these loopholes and everything else and how to engage getting an LLC set up and being able to write things off, you know, let's let's talk about right now we're talking business, right? Right. My whole Internet is written off. So, you know, this whole room that I'm sitting in right now is is a total write off. Everything that I'm looking at is a total write off. Right. And so I don't really worry about, you know, a lot of those things tax wise. And and I, I tell you, give me all my money up front and I'll pay the government back later on. But be, that's after I get rid of all my write offs and everything. Right. All I'm saying about this is there's a there's a way of engagement that we can get involved with as we learn. Did I know this stuff 30 years ago? Heck no. Right. I wasn't even aware of it. Right. And how much money are we losing because we have no awareness of this? Right. My people I, I, are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Tax credits are worth more than cash. Yeah. That's real. It's not dollar for dollar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I think, um, and, and like I, I spoke about before, just it's just the how we starting off, right? Um, instead of chasing, you know, to find a house and to get a job and pay bills, using your job to leverage, you know, to a lifestyle, you know, and what I mean by that, you know, you are using that that job to invest into a business, you know, and have and, and one thing I, I admire about Kaneem and he always talks about the trade, like having the trade, having the license, having a certif- certification. So you're working the job, but you have your business under your certification. So now you have stuff that you're actually doing to write off and you're taking your job to funnel into your business and you're not having to work 30 years because you're building your business and it's an investment. It's the tax write-offs. You know, maybe somebody comes along and say, Hey, I'll buy your business for $3 million because you built it up. Now, do I need to keep working or I'm going to start investing? You understand what I'm saying? So changing the mindset of how we approach life instead of get the job, stay there for 40 years, retire with your pension or 401k, nothing wrong with it. But we, we are in a space where we want to live more freely. We want to do more things in our community. Number one things that keep men out of church is work. <laughs> like I can't, I can't come pastor. I work on Sunday. I can't come to Tuesday night Bible study. I work. 
you know, if, if I have that job that always on call, I, Tuesday night is when everything jumps off. Sunday morning is when everything jumps off, you know, and we want to open up and free the flexibility so that as men, brothers the legacy, we can be more active in our community. All right, that's it. <laughs> so um, this is this is real good. I'm glad you went there, Thomas. I'm glad you went there. Yeah. I'm, a, I'm at a um, I'm at a small apartment now, man. Three okay. buildings. I got 16 units. Right. And and I think I think all they want for it is like one point one million. Right. And, and you think about that and all you need to do is put 10 percent down. That's that's not a whole lot of money. I mean, don't get me wrong. You got a hundred thousand dollars. And you can think it's a whole lot of money. But if you if you pool it together, like right. you talk about community. Right. I'm like five people, 20 grand. Oh, yeah. Now you own some property that you can uh, increase the value with a value add or however you want to call it. I mean, this property could probably be worth two million and you refinance it and. Right. You know, it, 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 anyway, that ain't what we're talking about. No, I'm, no I mean, no, but that's good to know because it, it goes right along what we're talking about right. teaching people how to even get that first hundred thousand. But we have to also teach people how to work together because if you, if I'm bringing 20 grand to the table, right. I got to be able to trust everybody at the table, right? You know, and to me, and, I already lost 1500. Right. Everybody I'm still salty about that too. You know, you, you, right. you know I'm salty about that. <laughs> and so it, it is one of those things where as we learn how to work together, build community together, and trust our brothers, trust our sisters, trust the people around us. Not you know, we'll trust people with our body before we trust, trust them with our money, right? And so it is important that we we change that around where it's like, you know, our money is is it's not the main focus it's the growth and a lot of times we miss the the avenues of growth and so for example and a shameless plug here my organization we we good. don't work on helping you get a job we don't right. work on helping you get a place to stay we don't worry about work on any of those things we work on you the person right because right. if the person is good then all these other things will fall in place if your mind is renewed, then right. you begin to see things differently. You begin to see people different. You begin to see opportunities different. So when someone like Kaneem comes and says, hey, I have this opportunity. I'm, these three buildings, all these units, it's 1.1 mil. We now need to put 110,000 down. That means 20,000. I'm looking for five people, $20,000. Someone who has that money, who's come from my type of background, can now say, you know what? I can actually own a million dollar property. Right. And I can trust the people around me and I'm trustworthy. And right. so that's the type of way that we engage people because people are the most important, important part of the process. Right. If we can't trust the person across the table from us, yeah. then we don't get these deals done. Then I we mean, stay in that? a lack and right. we can't continue to be in a lack. We have to begin to think of the mentality of we are assets together right. and not, not in opposition. And so a lot of times that's the mindset we're taught is trust no one. Right. And, and that trust right. is like a cuss word. Right. We have to get out of that cuss word mentality <laughs> and start right. to look at people and trust. say, you know what? Even if I can't trust you, right. I can now come up with some type of contract that allows right. us to benefit and I right. can trust the contract. 
Right. You know, right, and right. and I can trust the system that's in place that will allow us to do these things. And so, <laughs> and so it's it's important for us to see from that standpoint of how we begin to engage this process. Wow. Indeed, that's that's a big one. That maybe that trust that trust is 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 a huge a huge hurdle sometimes for people um, that they want to go in business and. And, and, you know, like Kaneem have had been hurt in the past. And if I see anything that looked like the relationship I was building when I opened myself up, I'm apprehensive. You know, I'm just like, ugh, like we were solid. Like, oh, I thought we were, you know, and it's just and it becomes mm -hmm. very difficult, becomes very challenging. You know, so Kaneem goes in wide open. I got a million questions, you know, like and then I got a million and five more questions, you know, because I I need to know that I can at least trust you because, you know, Kaneem's a, a rational person, you know, business goes bad, you know, things happen, you know, but I need to know that you at least attempted to do the right thing. <laughs> like you was, you was doing right and stuff happened, you, you know? Oh, and I, and I get it. I think that trust factor right there is, is hard. You said, do you guys, he said, all right, Jeff said, do you feel, do you guys feel comfortable with investing 20,000 with five other people. The contract, the, the, the contract, I mean, from, from my learning experiences, yes. when you got it written in a contract that yeah. is legally binding, right. it's it's not really, because it's going, the verbiage is going to state everything that happens. We right. all win or we all lose. Right. It's right. not going to be a, you know, one person got stuck out this way. It just right. depends on the, the how it's worded. The terms, right? So long as you got the terms in there, that, right. that how, how everything is going to be distributed, right? And what the outcome is, and right. and the position that you thing. plan, yeah. Then, then I, I don't really worry about because you right. can go somewhere, and somebody might be like, okay, he just got arrested for uh, DUI, right? That's not something that's going to affect the contract. It's gonna affect you personally, right? <laughs> but it ain't gonna affect what we got going on. You know right. what I'm saying? Well, you, you, know you got it. There's there's a caveat to that: bankruptcy. Mm. <laughs> so you got You got to watch everybody lose. Yeah. So well, well you gotta you gotta realize that sometimes people can owe you money under contract, and they can get out of it through bankruptcy unless the contract's written in a different way in a certain way. You got to make sure your contracts are tight. That's why a good all, all attorney is. But that's why team is important. Also, your attorneys that you have at the table, um, the people that you're working with, investing twenty thousand dollars with five other people is not a big deal. If you all have a, a vision for where you're going, wow. you, you have a good track record, you have you know good community ties, you got a good name for yourself. Um, there are those things. There's a lot of young, hungry people out there that want to get involved with this too. There has to be a clear understanding. But I, I think that we have to get to that point where we're comfortable investing with five other people because the way our system is right now and, and the inflation that we're facing right now, we cannot just do this on our own. We can't yeah. try to keep being independent right. and do, doing things by ourselves. Right. We have to connect with other people and partner. Um, we have to trust that other people will come come beside us and, and support the work that we're doing. Right. If we're out here still trying to do it by ourselves, then we're missing opp opportunities. 
what we're doing with our kids and in this situation with this pipeline from childhood to wholeness and prosperity is right. we got to help them to understand that it's okay to be around people and not be by yourself. We have to mm -hmm. teach our kids how to work together. We're, you know, because of technology, kids are becoming more selfish. Yeah. They're becoming more I as an iPhone, you right. know? And so, you know, it's, it's, it, it's like, we have to begin to do something different, which teaches generations to come how to invest money together, how, how we can put it in a, in a pot where no one has access to it in a trust or other things. We also have to understand, you know, um, you know, planning for, for death and different other things and right. how we, we can have tools in place that allow right. generational wealth to be passed on. Right. If we if we have that, but teaching our kids how to use that wealth once they get it, because a lot of times if you have a three hundred thousand dollar life insurance policy and you pass away and that passes to your kids and people, they'll be broke quick if they have right. no understanding on where that money should go and how to use it. There's a lot right. of different training and, and education that is given to other communities that needs to be in ours. Also, I, I think it's, it's time and we're going to we're definitely going to work on that build a book out and and let that be the standard of of what will help our future um jeff said uh stuff just happens i think the more people involved the more potential for problems <laughs> sometimes sometimes mm -hmm. oh that, i'm just true. i just am really it could also work the other way jeff yeah. yeah right you know the one thing that you need is agreement covenant and and to to your earlier point if you have the right representation, if you got somebody right. in there that's degreed in yeah. putting contracts together, a lawyer, right. an attorney, right. uh, you've right. got financial advisors in there, you know, I, I think you, you'll be fine. Right. Uh, but you're right, the language has to be tight, but you also have to have open-minded and, and clear-spirited people to be engaged. Oh, yeah. You know, that, so it, it you, you said something, Thomas, about the, um, was it Thomas or maybe you, you AD said that, the children are more selfish, are more self-involved, not self, but self-involved today because right. of social media. But I also see that working the other way. There's also more collaboration because of social right. media. You have people coming together from all walks of life. You have people coming together from all different corners of the globe, and they're making things happen simply because of the advancement of technology. And I think we could leverage those same things and, and create a shift and make things right. a whole lot better. You're absolutely right. Yeah, I, I believe in the power of paperwork, man. Right. The, the, the days of the handshake have gone. You know what I'm saying? Oh. That, that, if it that, wasn't that, written, it wasn't said. Right. There you go. <laughs> yeah. I, I think handshakes never were never really a thing. Yeah, the days of the handshake is gone. Yeah. So if it ain't on paper, it yeah. ain't happening. It ain't happening. All right. Oh, so listen, we appreciate you guys for being here, rocking with us another edition of the Brothers of Legacy. Um, you guys make sure you go to redeem-advance.org, redeem-advance.org, um, and check out all of the work that uh, Thomas Cotton has gotten going on. He has some testimonies. Um, he really, he came through on Giving Tuesday. <laughs> uh, oh, and it was it was awesome. Like some, some great work, some great uh, editing and filming. I like that. Um, so definitely uh, check out all the work is he's helping those, you know, change your mindset and get you in the right space to grow. 
um, and he's he's doing the work of helping former incarcerated um, people, you know, men and women. Um, and so definitely check him out. Uh, give he says, Pastor, hold on. Uh, he said, uh, Pastor, fifteen handshake, and he gone. Just let it go, let it go. Can you? I'm, I'm stop. You ain't right, Jill. That's all right. We're going to get it back. We're going to get it back. In the state and you still ribbing me up. You ain't right. right. <laughs> so so uh, make sure you stay connected to all that Brother Legacy has going on. Um, thank you, Thomas, for being here and sharing all of your wealth and knowledge. Um, we don't take it for granted. And could you, plus, you, you're a few uh, <laughs> coast over so your your time is a little early so definitely appreciate you for getting up early with us um and and being here and being a part of all we do so make sure you guys follow thomas cotton here um on uh facebook under the redeem events or yeah redeem everything's at, at redeem advance at redeem r-e-d-e-e-m advance a-d-v-a-n-c indeed um so we look forward to seeing you guys tomorrow same time same channel freestyle friday um it's December 1st. You guys know what to do. Do the right thing. And I miss Giving Tuesday. So if you felt like, oh, you didn't say nothing. So today is Giving Thursday. Today is Giving Thursday. So, <laughs> so if you're feeling led to give, dollar sign, BOL 2019, or go to brotherslegacy.com. Go to Beyond Giving. Gives you other options to give. All right. So appreciate you guys. Thank you again um, for all that you do. Thank you for sharing. Uh, I want to thank Pastor Brian Corey and Kaneem, as always, for being here. I don't know who Sheet Looch is. Who is Sheet Looch? Oh, that's supposed <laughs> to be a term, right. my bad. But uh, Sheet, Sheet, Sheet Looch. Okay, that, that made more sense. And I don't know. That. <laughs> he was, he, he was uh, he one of the three individuals that's in the locks. So okay. it's uh, okay. you know, the locks. Jay the Kids. Yeah, okay. Name. I didn't know. I know the lines. Okay. 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 All right. She knows she's in it. Check them out. You guys are pretty good out. Definitely. All right. So we'll see you guys tomorrow. Um, all hearts and minds are clear. Anything about anybody want to share anything? We good? Oh, uh, dial 388 mental health crisis. If you 988. 988. 988. I'm my bad. See, I, I already up. I might need to call myself. And tomorrow's <laughs> the last day to vote, early vote in Georgia. Yes. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's voting is on the sixth, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm voting today. I'm doing it today. Good yeah. today Good. or tomorrow. One of them. I am. Uh, <laughs> I you? voted on today last time. Just just for clarity, I did vote. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Jeff, stop it. All right. Um. Also, two one one. Right, you see that, right? <laughs> Just, I'm not gonna put it up because uh, <laughs> you can't see the comments. So, you gotta I can't, put it up. I can't you gotta put it up so you can see it. You got to. Listen, I'm getting out of here. Two one one. If you are struggling, need some services, two one one is a number. At least I know in Georgia, if you need some services, help, rental assistance, and things of that nature, two one one. All right. So. We look forward to seeing you guys tomorrow. Same time, same channel. Know that we love you. Jesus loves you better. Stay safe. Do the right thing. Jeff, do the right thing. Jeff, do the right thing. Everybody <laughs> uh, <laughs> get to see you next time. Yes, yeah. indeed. Where's my um, thing? There we go.